Hi, and welcome to the 100 Pounders meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. My name is Rita Q, and today is the 21st of April, 2021. I am delighted to welcome today to speak to us, Adam S. He has been in OA for over 22 years and is maintaining a 136 pound weight loss. And Adam, I will leave it to you now to tell you everybody, tell everybody about your experience, strength and hope. Thanks, take it away, Adam. Thank you so much, Rita. What a great um, prep work you did getting me to come here. I so appreciate it. I really thought you, I just, uh, for anybody listening to this, there was just a poll that was done so um, seamlessly. It was so cool to witness a vote and uh, the technology, which I'm, I'm really not, it's not my, it's not my area. Uh, I also think it's funny that I'm speaking in a gynecologist's office. My wife is a gynecologist and usually behind the, she moved it, but there were some photos that I'm so glad aren't behind there. Um, it's just, uh, I, uh, I, um, I had an appointment beforehand. So I, I, that I got last minute. So I'm here and I, I ran, was right next door to her office. So here I am, I'm speaking and I'm speaking to my people for real, um, hundred pounders, right? So, man, hundred hundred pounders means a lot to me because um, I'm a hundred pounder, and uh, it's not some sort of badge that I think is cool. Um, that I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful that I'm I'm a hundred pounder. I just think uh, for me, what that means is I was very very sick, and um, had a, a very disturbing case of this disease, and. Um, and, you know, I, it's funny, like, I, I was talking to a sponsee this morning, and I was, uh, I was listening to the, the definite, he was all he was in the world service, and there was like a whole definition of abstinence discussion. I'm like, I never knew that that was there. There's like their second part about recovery. And I'm sort of out, of, I don't have any more opinions about these things. Like, what does compulsive mean? What does actions means versus action versus versus compulsive behavior? I kind of know what works for me <laughs> and um, I'm pretty good with that, right? Like after all this time, I, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed that I, um, don't, I'm not in the debating society and trying to figure out, you know, what's the standard, right? I don't know. I don't know what the standard, the standard is. I'm so glad you're all here, <laughs> right? The standard is, is if you're here on some level, you want to stop fighting, right? On some level, you don't want to be in a fight anymore. And then there's that, for me at least, there's that part of me that wants to, to fight and know better. And, and I'm the right one and you're the wrong one. I want to go there, right? And, um, you know, so the miracle is, is that 22 years ago in November, November, um, 9th 1998 I was willing to come in here again right I had gone I had gone a um a few times uh I'd gone a few times to Overeaters Anonymous I went once when I was uh when I was like in my lower 20s somebody told me about it and then um and then I went uh I went again in my mid-20s you know, mid to late twenties. And I, when I say I went, I visited, I didn't like do any step work or anything, but the fact that I was willing to go on November 9th, 1998 and not fight even a little less and listen, right. That is, that is a big deal, right? 
because I'm I think I know a lot. <laughs> right? I got a lot of conviction about the stuff in my head, the thoughts in my head. I, I've got a lot of um, sometimes it comes with a lot of overconfidence. Bill Wilson spoke about one of the barriers to accessing God or a higher power is the overconfidence of his of his youth was too much for him. So when I have thoughts in my head, sometimes I, I, I really believe my own press. So the miracle, if you're here, the miracle is that maybe, 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 and especially if you're new, maybe you could um, let go a little bit enough to listen, because that's what happened to me. How did I listen? I had a strong woman I met who was my mom's age, and this woman kind of, I worked with her. She wasn't even my boss, but I started, I, I, I don't mind bosses, <laughs> right? So she wasn't my, I like to have people in my life who are like, give me, tell me what to do. I'm fine with that, right? <laughs> right, as long as, you know, if you're, if you're a bossy type, right? Like just realize that I'm totally taking advantage of you because you're doing the work for me, right? So, so I, I really enjoyed having someone to sort of be a mentor to me because I was new in my career. And I'm like, I was taking in her download. And she had, she was my mom's age. She had years of sobriety, years in AA. And um, she, I worked with her a couple years um, before I came to OA. And I, if you saw the pictures, right? I was, I'm short and I was equally short and equally wide. And I was just in, in it, right? Like, I was always in my disease. Like up to that point, I was never not in my disease. Like I don't, I don't have an experience if I got recovery and then I lost recovery. I was in my disease from, from the time I was a kid, right? I was in the disease, right? Like just, that's all I knew. It was the only, you know, like a fish only knows water, right? Like that's all they know. That's all I knew was the disease. So it's just what made sense to me was that I'm a drug addict with, I didn't, I didn't know I was in the disease, but now I know because I'm not in the disease, right? If you really want to know what it's like to not be in the disease, stop, stop eating and do some step work and you'll know what it's like to not be in the disease. And so I didn't know I was in the disease, but I was only in the disease, if that makes sense. So the woman had the wisdom to not fight me for those two years. So she mentioned, and I'd gone to OA, right? I'd gone to OA and I first heard about it from a, um, a, a, a supervisor, um, like a mentor supervisor in, in my training. And he felt, uh, he felt he had an ethical obligation to tell me when I was, I was probably 23 or 24 doing a field placement. He told me such a nice guy. He said, I think you have a, think you have a problem with food. <laughs> I'm like, no shit, I have a problem with food. Of course I have a problem with food, right? And he said, I, say, he, I, he said, I think you may eat, um, I think you may eat alcoholically. And I said, what do you mean? I, I'm not an alcoholic. I have to eat. He said, not like that. And it went, I was, I went, Psh! like I, when I, for those listening, my head just like all of a sudden on some level I knew that I live in, I live in the universe of this disease, right? Which is, you know, once I start, I can't stop and I'm compelled. My head tells me I have an obsession of the mind. I have this mind that tells me it's a great idea. And once I start, I can't stop. And then I go through this terrible, you know, 
terrible, terrible remorse and, 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 and defeat afterwards. So he didn't have the language, but he told me there's something disturbing about what's going on. And it's not just that I'm heavy and it's not just that I eat too much, right? I eat like an alcoholic drinks. And he gave me OA as a recommendation and I couldn't do it. I'm like, no way do I wanna to go to some spiritual thing Eventually, then I did go, right? And then I said, I don't go to groups, I give groups, right? So that was time one, right? You were all crazy, you're all crazy and, and I know better. So that got me, that was when I, that was my first fight of not listening to what you all had to say. I know better than you, right? So if you're here and you know better, I've been there, right? I've been there, I've done that, I did that. So I went and I said, you know what? I'm in graduate school. You're all, uh, you're a walking bunch of mental health problems. All of you, <laughs> all of you got mental health problems. Not me, right? <laughs> right, you guys have mental health problems. So I did that, that was time one, right? Time two uh, was you're all women. It was in the valley, you're all women and um, you're not heavy like me. So that got me out of there the second time. That was my second um, excuse, right? But this woman, knew, right, this woman years later, right, knew that I was going to fight. So she didn't fight me. It's a program of attraction, not promotion, right? We talk about that. So she didn't fight me and she let me, she, she mentioned it. She would say things, oh, you're an addict. Like we, I remember her, like we were going to get free computers at work. Like, like, gonna get, like it was like when computers weren't a thing. And I was like, get like greedy decking myself out with the best computer. And she'd be like, man, <laughs> you're such an, she'd say things like, you're such an addict. You're so, and I'd like, like whatever. And, um, but she didn't say, hey, let's go. And then, um, and she kind of watched it happen. And at the same time I was working. So she was on my team, my mom's age. And I really respected her. She's a powerhouse of a lady at the time, you know, she's just, she spoke with a lot of conviction and she actually made sense, right? I spoke with a lot of conviction and I was making stuff up. So, so she was working with me and then this other guy was working with me and he was, um, he was my dad's age and he was, uh, he was, he wasn't as outspoken. He didn't get in fights or anything like that, but he was, he just had some command presence and, and way about him. I knew something that was up with him. And it took a couple of years. I asked him, I said, I said, do you know, I, I feel like you get food. <laughs> and he said to me, he said, I sure do. I used to be over a hundred pounds overweight, never told me. And I said, um, wow, how'd you do that? And he said, I never deviate. And in my glory of over 300 pounds, I said to him, I said to myself, you never deviate. What does that mean? You don't have like frozen yogurt. He's like, nope. And I thought to myself, what does he know, <laughs> right? I thought like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, right? Here he is. He's so stable and grounded. And I'm telling myself, like, he doesn't know what he's saying, right? I know better. Again, I only know what I know. I know that's all I knew was the disease. So anytime there was an, even like, even if I let in a little bit of information, right? My fight went right to, I know better. So eventually, right? Eventually, I spoke about November 9th, 1998. On November 8th, 1998, I couldn't stop eating despite everything I tried. And I tried, right? I wasn't good at trying, right? I wasn't a successful trier, but I tried a lot. And I thought I had found the thing. I thought I really found the right team of workout people and doctors and, and nutritionists. I thought I was like, I thought I had all the answers. 
And on November 8th, 1998, I went to the supermarket and I couldn't stop eating. I ate in a disturbing way, right? And for those who want to reflect on my years prior, when I didn't know, right, in addition to the personality traits that we talk about that, are, that weren't good for me, I couldn't, my eating was disturbing. So if you're on this line and you're a hundred pounder, you kind of know what it means that when I say, I don't want to watch the footage of how I ate when you were looking and when you weren't looking, right? So when you weren't looking, it was disturbing as could be, right? And when you were looking, it was also disturbing, right? I didn't have to, some people needed to close the drapes. If I had to eat, I had to eat. But all I can say is I went in my car that night on November 8th, 1998, and I did what I do, which is I devoured food in from the, I devoured it, right? I, 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 was, I, was, I was the worst version of me, right? In terms of my engagement with that experience, right? When I reflect on it, right? I lost, I had no choice, right? And it was urgent and I went and I devoured it right, in that sick way, which is all of you, I, if, you're, if you can understand what that sick way is, you belong here, right? Forget about the definition of abstinence and what it means, right? That was sick, right? That was disturbing, right? And it was very fast and furious and whatever you want to call it, that was not a, a wellness moment of mine. So on November 9th, and I thought I, was, I had found the solution. I thought I was going to write about the solution. My ego was so big. So on November 9th, 1998, I come to work and this woman says to me, what's wrong? I said, I, I can't stop eating. And she said, uh, we're going to a meeting. And she picked up the phone and she found, uh, she got the directory, there was no computer then. And she, she found a meeting and I just asked, asked some questions. And I said, I just sort of, I listened and I said, okay, okay, I'll go to a meeting. And she, I said, why are you, what, why are you doing this? Like, what, why are you doing this for me? She's like, this is what we do. I'm like, okay, I heard that. And then I said, thank you. Thank you. She said, don't thank me. You're going to do it for someone else. And I sort of heard it. So my fighting self heard it. Somehow my brain was able to digest that. I don't know why I was able to hear it then. It's not because I'm nice. It's not because I don't think it's because I'm particularly kind. I'm not right? I don't think it was because I was particularly generous. I don't know why I heard it. I probably because I was hurting a lot, right? My speculation is that that experience woke me up to I'm out of answers, right? Despite how much I think I know. So my ego was cracked a little bit, enough to say yes to her and listen to some of the things that she said along the way, like, you're gonna do this for someone else, this is what we do, right? We got to the meeting, it was November 9th, 1998, a 7 p.m. meeting that's defunct now, and she said, Adam wants to share. She's not in the program. She raised her hand, she said, he wants to share. And I said, uh, I, I was terrified, and I said, um, tell him what you told me. I said, I can't stop eating. And then that's all I remember saying, I can't stop eating. And, um, and then she said to me afterwards, you just, you know, watch trashy movies, do, what, do whatever you got to do, abstain no matter what. I didn't know what that meant. So I said, okay, I'll eat four times a day. I'll have like sandwiches this big, you know, I'll just, I'll do it four times a day. I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. I made up the rules, 
right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let me tell you what it means. So even though I'm starting to crack, crack the ego, right? I still thought I was in charge. Six days later, I turned 30. So I came in, um, I turned 30, I'm 52 now. And I decided, and this is a very pivotal part of my story to me, is I decided that I was going to um, celebrate. They were, I was, I was at, um, I think it was my in-laws or my parents, and there was a cake that I never tried, tiramisu cake, and I grab, I grab it with my hand. When no, in that way I did, right? Scoop it up, stick it in my pocket. You know, don't recommend it for anybody. It's super sticky, right? And I go in the bathroom and I devour it. And here's the, um, to me what uh, Overeaters Anonymous in a nutshell is to me. That's drunk, right? That's called being drunk. There's no way, this is my story, right? And my experience. I needed to treat that sickness. That is sick. I can't stop myself from that because that's what I do without a program. I get it all over my pants and my face and I want to devour it. I need help treating that sickness and I should not have a vote in how to treat the sickness, right? I should not have a vote of how to treat that sickness, right? So my experience is I'm gonna do whatever you say. I see there's a chat, something about the definition of abstinence, right? Somebody put it out there, great. Whatever works, right? But for me, for me, I think the thing that works is whatever that thing is, whatever I want to call it, use words like compulsive, use words like, like behavior, use words like addiction, whatever that is, that's sick. And it's like an alcoholic drinks. And I got to remember that, right? Because I'm treating alcoholism with food, right? I'm not any, it's, that's what it is. That is my experience. And that is what I relate to. So in OA, 22 plus years ago, when I came back that day, right, November 10th or November 16th, 1998, you all told me, so many people told me to love myself and it's okay, right? So many people said to me, it's okay. Now, maybe my head heard it wrong then, and I'm open to that. But what I heard is, oh, I get to keep eating. This is awesome. <laughs> I get to keep eating. This is the best ever. What a great program. I get to eat. And somebody had the decency to say to me, that was called being drunk. And he said, here's what I advise you to do. Pick somebody you trust and do whatever they say. Get yourself out, fire yourself. Fire yourself from the debate and the discussion and acknowledge that you're an alcoholic with food, right? People like me, right? Who, who reach those sort of weights, probably I, my relationship with, with uh, French fries probably won't be normal, right? <laughs> probably right? There's a good chance that I'm not going to have a healthy relationship with food choices, with certain items that are alcoholic, and how to engage food. So here's my freedom, right? You're fired. You're fired from food. <laughs> Do whatever they say. And I'll tell you something, I'm not fighting food anymore. Part one, right? Part two is the guy who got to being over 100 pounds, overweight, isn't well. It's not, this is, this is the part that's not about food, right? I have a spiritual malady and I sure do, right? I'm very, very, very invested in the story of Adam, right? I love the story of me, right? It's my favorite story, right? What is going on with me? How am I doing, right? One of our program 
members used to say he passed away. He used to say, why? Who said I have to take my emotional temperature every five minutes, right? Because I'm in the me story, right? I love what's going on with me. I know. So the me story is usually about what trouble is coming and I can't believe you did that and why aren't you noticing me, right? What about me? What about what I'm not getting? I want, I have a big wanting appetite. I want so much. I'm such a wanter. <laughs> I don't know if people relate. I want things really badly. So I want, I want, I want, I want. And that thing causes a lot of conflict with you because when you disrupt my want or you don't notice me, I hurt. So that has been the journey, right? Is how do I how do I treat this, right? Like, what do I do with, especially being a hundred pounder? So that's where the, um, the power, right? Ultimately I found, I found a power, a formula of living that um, I'm so, look at what, there are how many people here, right? There are 192 people at, you know, who are willing to say this, there's a common language, a formula of living, right? That, helps me to not a pick up the food but also to address that part of me that has to eat the me 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 story right and um i have to start trusting this despite what i think right because i think again i always think i know everything so i have to trust that and um i had to do a lot of work over the years and my experience is the work is not a one and done right? It's not a one and done. More will be revealed. But um, I had to walk through a process of getting super honest, right? And I, I had never heard honesty in my life like I heard here, right? And I was in, supposedly in a field of honesty, right? This was the most profound honesty I'd ever stumbled upon. People really saying, like me saying, I have such a big want. I'm such a wanter. I want things so badly, right? I love money, right? I love money. I can say that here, right? I can say that here and not give a shit. Like, okay, you could, you know, who else loves money? Sure. Maybe other people here love money too, or love the idea of more money, right? And maybe, maybe, maybe other people could benefit from me being honest, because I certainly benefited from you being honest and not having to pretend I'm something I'm not. So I really got that in the that, that beginning of step one, the admission is the beginning of honesty. And then step four and step five, right? That honesty continues. And this, this, this what major transforming thing, right? Was that you taught me in step four and five is what's my part in it? Oh my God, I have a part in your, in all the drama you caused me, right? All my, you're my problem, but no, no, no. It made, it made me say, what's my part in it? with humility, step six and seven, acknowledging, right? With humility, right? I'm not the worst, I'm not the best, right? Right, I'm honest, I gotta be teachable, right? With humility, I don't have to be right. I don't have to be right. I just have to share my experience, strength and hope and be teachable and grow along spiritual lines. And I have to clean up my big mouth, <laughs> right? And the things that I've done in step eight and nine. And, um, so this has been an, uh, uh, an ongoing process for me, um, 10, 11, 12, 
right? Really 10, 11, 12, steps 10, 11, 12 of endless honesty. I'm like, oh, I hate sharing that. I hate saying that. Oh, that's embarrassing. That sort of thing, right? Oh, I don't like to have to admit I'm still doing that, right? And um, I just got used to it. I got used to it. It was so hard. I got used to telling the truth and, and, and being honest about when I wasn't telling the truth. I got used to it. And uh, it starts with the honesty and the, the ever deepening connection. So just to give you, I kind of like what I have these days, right? I, I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. I really think it's important for a person like me to pass on my experience to other hundred pounders. I work a lot with men who carry the burden of a hundred pounds or more. Um, I just feel like that's, maybe it'll change. I haven't done any big service um, commitments on a broader level. It's not, it's not where I wanna be. I wanna be helping people directly who know what it's like to eat in a way that, they, that we're the ones who die. We're the ones who die hard. We, we die and we die bad and I've witnessed it, right? I've witnessed it and I, I've, I've, I've witnessed people die in this program and I'm that guy who, who's supposed to be dead, right? Especially now, right? Especially in this time. So I really want to, that's the people I want to be working with. And I feel like I, I kind of, that's my paying forward when she said, you'll do it for them. That's what I'm hearing, right? You all sort out what the definition of abstinence is, right? I'll contribute, I'll, I'll get my vote in there, <laughs> right? But I just wanna be helping the people who are sick. So, so I do that, I do a lot of service in that way. And um, I sponsor, I'm sponsored. Um, and um, I, uh, I, I just hit, I'm, I'm hitting the marks and all that. I'm a better, I'm, I'm the guy who walked in, right? He wouldn't last, I woke up at 3.30 today to do my life, right? He wouldn't, meaning I just really busy. So I, that guy wouldn't have lasted. He that he would have ended right there, right? Like that would have been the end of end of him. So I'll finish with this. I uh, I'm a better father. I have four kids, right? I get along with them really well. I don't. There's not a lot of baggage. I'm a better husband. I'm a better worker. I feel effective. I can help others in my field. Um, I'm respected, and I'm so grateful for that. And, um, and uh, I'm a better son, I'm a better brother, I'm a better friend, and I'm a work in progress with tons of character defects that still need addressing. So um, I hope that helps someone. Thanks for letting me share. Right, Adam. Thank you so much, Adam. I'm just gonna stop the recording.